Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I want to wish from Trinity Church family uh, and the Roundtrees specifically, uh, Merry Christmas. I pray that this season has found you well, um, that uh, we're all looking forward to some time together as family, and uh, we're able just to kind of nestle in and, and focus on the uh, the real reason uh, for Christmas. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Uh, we're going to move around a lot uh, throughout today, but uh, that's where we're really going to camp out. Um, so this Christmas, we really focused on a, a point of, of view. So this Christmas series, we've looked at a point of view. Usually we do like an Advent and we move through peace, joy, love, uh, and, and all those things. But this, this Sunday, or this uh, Christmas series, we kind of did an intentional look on, on just the, the, the point of views of different people throughout the Christmas story. We started with prophecy and we looked at what Isaiah said and what Isaiah promised his people, uh, his people that were living in exile, yearning for a Savior, and how he promised them a child would be born and that we would call that child Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. And, and we look back at the promises of Isaiah and how they really cast forward uh, the truth of today. And it allows us to, to wait well in this already not yet scenario of these two realities where we find ourselves as Christians in 2019, where we, we look back at what Christ has done on the cross and we look forward to what Christ will do again when he makes all things new. Then we moved on to Joseph and we saw just the servitude of Joseph and how humble he moved and how humble he acted, uh, knowing that he, he would not see uh, the, the end result. He would not even really see Jesus' ministry on this earth, but he was humble in that moment. He was he was true and faithful in that moment just to be a man of God and walk with Mary in some of her greatest time of need. And then last Sunday we looked at Mary and how, uh, how, how servant-minded uh, her entire life was. She was faithful every step of the way, even though she was, she was birthing the Messiah. And at some point it would have to have clicked with her that, that the sin that she felt would one day be on the back of her son and that uh, all things were going to come into uh, picture and all things were going to come into focus of her son being the Messiah and how um, how much pain that would have had to cause her. Um, I reflected on just how I don't like for my kids to be sick. Like all three of my kids are usually sick at some point uh, in, in one given day. They're all uh, sneezing on each other. My, my daughter walks around and likes to sneeze in people's mouth. That's her love language. Um, and you can guess I'm not a doctor, uh, but that's how people get sick. Um, uh, and, and just the idea of hearing her cough hurts my heart, right? Even though I know modern medicine is what it is, and a cough is nothing uh, to get worried about unless you have a four-week-old, and then you should probably get worried, uh, which we do. Um, but I know uh, in the back of my mind, week, weeks will come on and she will be well, but it still hurts my heart to hear her cough in the middle of the night. When, I, when she wakes up and she's trying to clear her throat, that hurts me. And that's such a, a minute uh, version of, of your your child hurting, um, but what Mary had to have gone through in her faithful uh, life of walking in, in God's will was complete torture in the sense of just watching her son die and staying faithful to truth. And then today we're going to close out our series with Emmanuel. We're going to close out our series of what it actually means 
that God is with us, that we were given uh, the, the gift of a Messiah. When, I, when Isaiah says, unto you a child is born, unto you, that Christ came in the form of a baby, thus that we may be reconciled to God. And that's really the reason. The reason for the season is Emmanuel, the fact that our Savior looked upon us and, and graced us with His presence, that God promised a, a, a redemptive plan to bring us back into the fold, to bring us back into Eden, that every day that we walk on this broken earth, that we are actually yearning for a time where we would be in the presence of God. And because of what Christ did, uh, uh, we are able to look forward with hope and joy. And that's really what we're about. And we talked about, I want, I want the story of Christ, I want the story of Emmanuel to be your life story. I don't want it to be your December story. I don't want it to be what you're all about after Thanksgiving. We talked about a few weeks ago that there are hobby things that kind of that kind of strike a chord in our heart, like uh, when the masters are on or leading up to the masters or after the masters. That golf stores have this surge of people who pretend to like golf for about a month, like like, like something that Tiger can do on Masters Saturday can actually spur on you to buy golf clubs. You're never going to use the rest of the year, but that time, that month, that emotions, the marketing, and just that something is in the air that you're more about golf. Won the Masters playing. The same is for Wimbledon. When Wimbledon is on, uh, tennis racket sales go up. People start playing. They hurt themselves. They sprain their everything because they're not golf. They're not tennis players, but they watch Wimbledon, and there's this emotional surge that I'm going to be about Wimbledon. And I don't know when Wimbledon is, but it's, can you give me a month? June. June. Thank you. Uh, it's always important to have a tennis expert front row. So in June, like we're all about tennis, but that can't be a, what we're about as Christians when it comes to Christmas. Christmas can't be what we're really about in December. We can't be more about reading the Bible in December. We can't be more about praying in December because that's not true faith. That's hype. That's emotional uh, marketing that's saying I should take a pause in December, really post-Christmas pre or post Thanksgiving, pre New Year's, where I'm going to be all about Emmanuel, God with us. But that's not real faith. That's hype. Satan wants you hyped up. He doesn't want you faithful. And what this scripture calls to us and what, what the story of Christmas is about is really a way of life, a manner in which you live your life every hour of every day is the gospel of Christ and is Emmanuel, God with us. If you would stay seated for time, I'm going to read out loud. We're going to be in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world would be registered. This was the first registration when Quintarius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem. Because he was out of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him on the, in a manger because there was no place for them in and in. Amen. Let me pray over us and we're going to dive in. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for sending your son in the form of a baby that we may know you, that we may be reconciled to you, that we may know truth, that we may know grace, that we may know love. God, I pray for the next few minutes you would focus our hearts that we may, may register and orient our hearts to the real meaning of the season. It's actually the meaning of our life and the calling of our work. All this in your name. Amen. Amen. So you see a small paragraph uh, that was really um, 
not romantically written. It's really just matter of fact. It's like this happened, this happened, this happened. But in this small paragraph, everything changes. Unto us a child is given. The Messiah, the promised Messiah, the Savior of Israel, the Savior of humanity, is born to Joseph and Mary in the town of Bethlehem. There's a lot of prophecy fulfilled, completely fulfilled. That, that in 2 Samuel, you see uh, God promise David that through his lineage, there would be a, a royal king, kingship that would know no end, that forever there would establish a king uh, through his lineage. And that's what he's going to do with Christ. Christ will reign eternally through the royal lineage of David. We also see a fulfillment of, of, of Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 7 where they say Emmanuel is coming, that God will be with us. And that's not a hypothetical with us like, hey, he's just always there like a good buddy or like a, like a guardian angel. No, he came to earth. He was, he was blood and bone. He was real. He felt pain. He felt sorrow. He felt hurt. He was with us. We see um, just this complete fulfillment of prophecy because we serve a God who is faithful. We serve a God that is sovereign. And then we rest in this Emmanuel with us. What does it mean that he is with us? What does it mean that he, he came in the form of a man while being 100% God and 100% deity? It means that we may know the salvation promised to us through God, that we may know what it is like to have the love of God. We needed a Savior. God sent His Son. John 3.16 encapsulates just like what actual love is. Because of the love of God, we have Jesus. And because of the love of Jesus, we have the cross. And because of the cross, we have reconciliation, we have atonement, and we have salvation. The love of God should bring us hope. And love is a really crazy word because we've completely distorted it and made it sloppy in, in, in modern day America. You, you, you love things uh, and you love people. And the truth is, um, we, we've forgotten the meaning of love and we really have to always reorient the word of love of what it actually meant. Love is encapsulated in, in John 3.16. That's what love is. Love is sacrificial. Love is agape. Love is, is God sending the only son he had and the only thing that would reconcile us, even though it meant that his son would be tortured and killed on a cross for us. He would bear the weight of sin on his shoulder. That is love. I'm bad about it. I say I love things all the time. I love Chipotle. That's not true. Chipotle can't love me back. Uh, we, do that, we do that with everything. I love shows. I love Netflix. I love all this, all of that. And I'm not really judging you. Some of it's just syntax, and I'm as guilty as anyone else about saying, like, I love, I'm not really great with the lights and the sounds here, and I was in charge of doing that today, and I said a few prayers just driving here that these lights would turn on, and they did, and I loved it. I even said that out loud. Oh, I love these lights. And I immediately caught myself with, you're part of the problem. Like, that's not love. That's not even a strong like. I'm just really kind of, you know, it's a, it's it's good, but uh, we, we, we forget the word, what love actually means. But, but love of God, the love of God brings us hope. And today, I want you to rest in that hope. Because 2019 is coming to an end. So that means at some point, you're, you're going to make some resolutions. You're going to probably reflect back on what 2019 uh, had in store for you. And then you're going to look forward in 2020. And at some point... There's going to be this gap or there's going to be this yearning or this longing of what, what the future will hold for you and your family and your kids. 
And, and the only way you're going to find peace and solace is to fill your entire year's plan, your entire uh, life's plan, your, your, the plan for your family, the plan for your jobs, the plan for everything. It has to rest in the hope of God, knowing that He will sustain you and He will uh, guard you and He will walk along with you. God uh, is our hope, and Emmanuel is where that hope rests. God is the source of hope and the supplier of hope. He's the inspirer of hope, and he's the author of hope. Paul writes in Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This has, uh, this has been a, a really hard time for Trinity Church. Um, uh, and I keep, I keep playing back. Uh, we, we, we've walked through some crazy things in the last few weeks. Uh, and in the last week, and I kept coming back through the stuff we've had to walk through, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna express in a few minutes. But uh, it's been really hard, and, and it, it, to to be a church that that principle like pro prioritizes truth in 2019. 2019 is a hard time to be a church plant. It's a hard time. Uh, to really be a, a man or woman of God. It's, it's hard time to be a family-oriented Christ in 2019 because there's a lot thrown at you. There's constant warfare. Everything that we believe is, is being cast aside or downplayed or minimalized or viewed as intolerant. There's so many ways that we live our life um, in accordance to God's will that is completely countercultural. And uh, all of that can be disheartening. It, it, it can feel like we're constantly under attack. It can feel like there's no peace, there's no solace, and then our back's against the wall. And some of those things are true, but the things that we rest in has to be the hope of God. That, that, that we have a, a God that loved us so much, so much he sent his son. And that son died for us, and he rose again. He conquered hell in the grave. He reconciled us to God so that when God looks down on Timothy Roundtree, he doesn't see this wretched, broken thing, but he looks down through me through the lens of Jesus Christ, and that one day I will be made whole. And the one thing that, that, that sustains me is I look back at what Christ has did. He was born in a manger. He, he died on the cross and he rose again. And that gives me hope for what will come in the future. When Revelation writes, there will be no more tears. Sting. Death will not have a sting. There will be no more pain. There will be a time when Christ makes us new and the old will pass away. And that is what I yearn for and that is what I hope for. I may see that in my lifetime or I may not. But either way, it doesn't change the fact that we rest in the hope of God. We rest in the promises of God. Of Christ. I love you all. Let me pray over us and we're going to end with a song from Eric. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your mercy and grace in the light of pain. Uh, God, it is not uh, just a, a sentence or happenstance that we say our hope rests in you, but it is the way we live our life because there is no other way. There's no other way to find peace outside of you. There's no way to find joy or hope outside of your saving grace. God, I am thankful uh, beyond measure just for your presence and your sustainment. God, I, I pray that in the next few days and weeks as we walk through as a church that we, we cling to your word, we cling to your hope, and we pray without ceasing. I pray all things in your name for your will. Amen.